Hey, this is Colby and welcome to the Learn By Doing podcast. In today's conversation, I get to sit down with two of my good friends, Justin and Heather Lyles, who are on staff at Saints Community Church in New Orleans, Louisiana. Justin and Heather helped plant the church nine years ago with Wayne and Christy Northup, and they were visiting here this week for CMN conference, and I we had to have a conversation and hear their story of what it was like getting married, while attending school, church planning, all at the same time. It's incredible. So let's dive in. For four years, I was my goal was to be the best volunteer in our church. But mm-hmm. I, I really wanted a staff position. I wanted yeah. I wanted to be paid to do it so that I could just give all my time to it. Yeah. And then what you find out is that once you get paid, when you've done something for free for so long. <laughs> and then you get paid for doing it. Yeah. It brings no more satisfaction than it did before. Yeah. What you find out is you're still you. Yeah. And you're no more spiritual <laughs> and you enjoy it no more or less than you did before. And so for me, I, I learned that that entitlement piece or that mm-hmm. like someday this is going to feel. Turn, yeah. Turn into yeah, something. Yeah. No, no, no. You just have to learn to love to serve and yeah. stay close to Jesus. And, and then one day when the paycheck comes alongside of that, you just get to keep doing more of what you love. Yeah. But the money doesn't bring the love God does. So. <laughs> and and humility yeah. before him. So. Yeah. Okay. So, man, I've known you guys for such a long time. And it feels like we, I don't want to say so close when we were in OSL, but we were pretty close. And I, I loved hanging out with you guys. And then y'all just were like, oh, hey, we're getting married and moving to New Orleans and planning a church. Bye. Yeah, And then we stayed connected through different things, but it's so cool to kind of see the journey from you guys from then to now and just the longevity of it and just our friendship has remained intact since then. So so talk about OSL, how you guys met, and then going in from there. Okay, so we met the second week of college and second week of OSL. And basically, long story short, we make a bet. We're like flirting on the, on the porch of college. And we make a bet. The bet was, if I win, you have to take me to dinner. <laughs> and if you win, that's such a good. That's I'll such take a, you to dinner. That's such oh a, yeah, yeah. Such, you, you, you played it, bro. Yeah, he did. Game. So, <laughs> so we make this bet. We have a date coming up, and I thought it was a date. She invited like ten other people, and so I'm I'm like discouraged, man. I'm I'm like, man. So, but. Uh, we get to the restaurant and I tell the waiter that it's her birthday. So they come and they sing to her. She gets bright red while they're doing this. I take her phone and I slide it in the back seat in like the back pocket of her seat. Like I hide it. Yeah. And then when it's time to go, she stands up and she's looking for her phone. I'm like, well, why don't you put your number in my phone? Call your phone. Genius. We'll find this thing, get her number, call her up later that week. The rest is history. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> this was, we couldn't even text at that time. It was like, <laughs> no, nope. I didn't have texting until I was 21, man. <laughs> I was not textually <laughs> active. Texturally active. You got to be careful how you say that, buddy. Okay. <laughs> be careful on the podcast saying it's textually active. <laughs> That's cool. So Heather, from your perspective, how did that, yeah. How did that play out? Cause I mean, it's so weird. It's so cool. Whenever you're in school dating in OSL and then you guys, you know, uh, got engaged, married, you know, went and planted a church with uh, Wayne and Cor- Christy Northup. And yeah, talk to us from your perspective, Heather. How did how did that go? Yeah, I mean, it's like you go to a ministry school and they're like, don't f- find a guy. And then literally the first week, I'm like, oh, gosh, I like this guy. <laughs> um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. She's like, I found um, one. But yeah, it's just one of those things where you're just like, okay, God, you know, if this is going to happen, like yeah. put my priorities straight. But still i mean you're what 18 so (laughs) there's so much going on but yeah yeah okay so what so what happened y'all were talking to me a little bit earlier about how um there was this moment where y'all knew it was marriage like y'all knew like hey they're the one or like hey whatever and then well i think you start dating someone and you you know at Hopefully you're dating someone you know you're going to hopefully marry them one day. You're yeah. not just like, yes. I'm going to date them. But you you can yes. see a future with them and yeah. you believe that. And so, I th- you know, I was like, I think this is the real deal. 
And when we first started dating, Justin told me something. Do you want to say what it was? Yeah, so this is before we were dating, September 20th, 2009, the beginning of the semester. I had this experience with God where God said, there's going to come a time where I'm going to ask you to move to New Orleans. I just need you to be faithful and trust me. So later that evening, I sit down with Heather because we're just talking at Dude, this point. Dude, you, you don't play any games. No, man, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, so but, but I didn't want to get into a relationship with a girl that wasn't okay with that eventually being part of their life. Yeah. I just, I'm just up front. I'm just straight to the point. And so I tell her this, and, and she's just kind of nonchalant, like, okay, yeah, sounds good, great, you know. <laughs> Not, you know not what, thinking, like, I feel the weight and the emotion of this. You're like, we're going to New Orleans if you're yeah. saying yes. Well, you know, sometimes people are like, I'm going to this place. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's going to happen in 10 years. Yeah. Like, if no. it does happen. Yes, it's the call to, I'm going to missions, you know. Which, like, and I felt like when I started OSL, I was like, I'm going to be a missionary, like, yeah. you know. And I didn't even know what that looked like. Yeah. And so I just I was like, okay, yeah, so cool. F- so fast forward 10 months later, we're dating. I, I'm in love with this girl. I am, at this point, I'm going, okay, let's start saving up for a ring. Uh, July 23rd comes. This is, this is uh, during the summer, and my pastor, Wayne Northup, gives me a call, and he said, this is all he said. I mean, he spit it out so quick. He said, I'm planting a church in New Orleans. I want you to come with me. I said, you got it. He said, <laughs> he, said he was shocked. He said, wait, 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 are you serious? Like, you don't need to talk to anybody, pray about it or anything. I said, no, September 20th, 2009, 10 months ago, God already spoke. Wow. So I just didn't know when, yeah. when this phone call was going to come. So he goes, man, that's awesome. So we, we get off the phone. I wait 24 hours. I call Heather July 24th. This is my birthday. I remember because there was two former OSL students with me celebrating. It was Justin McBurney and Jared uh, Franco. And so <laughs> oh, yeah. we're all hanging out for yeah. my birthday, about to yeah. go to Six Flags. And I make the phone call to Heather in the morning. And I said, I said, hey, do you remember that conversation a long time ago about me telling you what God was doing in my heart about New Orleans? She mm-hmm. said, yeah. I said, well, Wayne just called me. We're planting a church next year. And this is all I hear on the other side of that phone call. I don't know if that's the life that I want for me. <laughs> I could oh, not have been man. more I was so angry young. with her. I, I was I was like, did you just waste ten months did of my you? life? I I was like, and and I loved her, but I felt and I loved, like, and I loved you, and, and we had a good thing, but I I just felt like it's either be obedient to God, or or not be obedient to God, and so we broke up. Yeah, you're like we went dude, on a break. You're like, dude, she is abandoning the call of God, you know, like she's she's not even she's not even buying into what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm like, I grew up in Wisconsin, going to school in Texas. I'm like, New Orleans, this is happening fast. Yeah. So we we break up for about two weeks. No, we went out. And and I didn't want to talk to her at all. (laughs) I was like so mad. Well, okay. Context too. This is your first year of college heather right yeah so this was the summer this after was the first, first year. year and justin yeah. this is your you had completed your second the year completed my so that's year. just giving a little context for people in terms of how quickly that was moving and right. and how young yeah. we were yeah how, like looking back now i'm like of course she said that of course he wasn't <laughs> yeah, sure was... of course he had doubts but yeah. in the moment i'm yeah. 19 she's 18 yeah. and i'm feeling some kind of way i'm i'm all up in my feelings You're like this is the lord yeah i'm like you just wasted you just wasted my life took me on an emotional okay, roller coaster. but so, let me redeem myself so i called you back two weeks later a week later but and do you remember what you said i said yeah i said i know that i trust god in our you relationship said, and that i love you she said i don't know about new orleans but i know about you mm-hmm and so she said, let's take a trip. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, that'll keep a man and I going said, for and like I said, years. And, yes. God, and I believe God will call me in his own time. And he yeah. did. We went back to school that semester in Texas. And sure enough, in the sermon, I'm like bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, okay, I'll go to New Orleans, <laughs> God. So like, God gives her her, her her own call to the city. Yeah. So um, fast forward that year, we move. In- well, we got engaged in March. Yep. Of 2011. And then we moved to the city of New Orleans in May. After I graduated in my two years of OSL. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And so then there would be a six-month period of 
just preparing to launch this church. Yeah. In the fall, right? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in that six month period, I'm a full-time college student. We're preparing to plan a church. We're planning a wedding. I had, I couldn't find full-time work anywhere just moving to New Orleans. So I was coaching. I was working at a, a place called Pet Care Center, just picking up dog poop. I mean, it's just amazing how God will humble you. And I did that. Um, I was working at the church. Um, just one of the things that Trust and Baba told me when you go to plant a church, he said, you're going to be tempted, but don't live off fast food. The pace is going to be so fast. You're just going to be what's accessible, what's quick. And in that six months, man, I gained 30 pounds. Yeah. In New Orleans, they cook everything in butter. So <laughs> I, just, I just puffed up, man. I, yeah. failed, I failed a lot of my classes. It was, um, I didn't have an understanding of what exactly I was getting into. Yeah. And I didn't have health or balance. Well, you think about just transition. Okay, let's just think about transition in general. Okay, so just going from single to marriage, Mm-hmm. huge transition huge. like yeah. massive mm-hmm. okay going from college to job massive transition yeah and i would say it's not even a job we had to get jobs yeah like, to provide every, for yourself yeah, yeah. not okay. like through the church so that's that's only two we're not even to the third one <laughs> then planning a church mm-hmm. on top of that i mean you think about the just emotional toll you know and you're young too you know it's like you you don't have it figured you're just following god in a lot of ways where you know uh most people wouldn't be able to handle that emotional stress you know or even figure Mm -hmm. out like how to remain healthy but you know of course okay i'm just gonna you're you're trying to find jobs you're doing school you're trying to get married you know you're doing church plant stuff and just preparing emotionally for all that is crazy it's crazy Yeah. Yeah. No, it literally is crazy. Y'all are crazy. Yeah. Some people told us we were crazy (laughs) and that we shouldn't, but we, we knew we were called. And so, yeah. So what happened after that, Justin? Um, so (laughs) the end of that six months, here's, what's great. We, man, if you're wanting to plant a church, just know you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to make not just small mistakes. You're going to make big ones. Yeah. We scheduled the launch of our church on the home opener of the New Orleans Saints football team. <laughs> so if you know anything about New Orleans, man, football runs that city. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we were like, we want everybody to come to our church instead of go watch the game, which just doesn't work. So we, we have to call an audible and we push back our launch date to October was it 7th, 2011. Well, our wedding date was October 22nd. And so we're, we don't even, we're figuring out set up and tear down. We're figuring out systems. We're figuring out teams. We're figuring out getting everything covered. And, um, our entire launch team drove back to Mesquite, Texas, drove to Mesquite on a Saturday and then turned around and had to drive back eight hours, seven hours. Wedding was great, man. So I loved being a part of it, but just a a testament to God's faithfulness in that season where we didn't have money, we didn't have answers. We had more questions than anything. God really provided for our wedding, for us to have a beautiful wedding. I mean, Chris Rayleigh, who was the pastor of Mesquite, Mes- of, uh, right. New Community, New Community, New Community Church, Church. Yeah. he, uh, who was our former OSL director my yeah. first year, said, come and have your wedding at my church yeah. free of charge. Wow. Um, there was a, a couple back in New Orleans that was that they said, we're going to do your cupcakes for free. We had uh, Jason and Money Salmon yeah. came and catered barbecue <laughs> for our wedding for free. Yeah. We'd served them for a couple of years. We had everything from musicians to uh, Pastor Chris Rayleigh and Wayne North who officiated our wedding. Everything that, I mean, even somebody said, why don't you take my car to Mesquite and leave your car here? Because my car has more room. It's going to be more comfortable for you to yeah. bring back stuff. Yeah. God just provided yeah. every piece of that puzzle for our wedding when we didn't have yeah anything we didn't have anything <laughs> so we're full of faith man and yeah. that was it yeah so so after that how was um yeah I guess what was the the biggest thing you guys pulled out of that season even after getting married and then launching the church you know because then you're you're figuring it out you know like you're having to figure out marriage you're having to figure out you know jobs and and figure out church where a lot of people especially coming out of ministry school they're thinking 
oh, I got to have a job lined up. Oh, you know, I need to be ready before I meet my spouse. And, and there's definitely, you know, some wisdom to that in some cases. But for you guys, y'all knew y'all wanted to do life with one another. And y'all knew God right. called you to New Orleans, you know. So in a lot of ways, we're, we're called to live by faith, not by sight. So walk us through or walk, give us some examples or illustrations or thoughts just behind like how, uh, what did God teach you during that season? Because y'all been, pl- y'all planted the church for nine years. You know, that's a long, y'all been plant y'all been a part of the church yeah. for nine years. So yeah. from then to now, obviously there's a lot, but from, especially after you guys got married and you're like, okay, you know, what, what's next, you know, like what was it, what are the next steps and how did God provide and, and steward you guys through that time? So what are the lessons that I learned that I, I, I had no idea how to be healthy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just knew that if something needed to be done, you just got to do it. And yeah. so I gained 30 pounds. I didn't know, I didn't understand the concept of Sabbath or yeah. rest spiritually, physically, mm-hmm. um, gained 30 pounds. I just always felt heavy, always felt yeah. sluggish. And I remember after it was about probably about the end of our first year there, I sat down with pastor Wayne and I said, man, I, I quit. I can't do this. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and he, he said, I'm not going to let you quit. And I just thought, you can do that. You can tell somebody <laughs> that. You can. Well, so, hey, and I think this is encouraging because there's probably a lot of people that may have even planted churches and they're like, dude, I'm freaking done. Like, I quit. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you're going to have that thought often. Yeah. And so, but I think it's also encouraging that Pastor Wayne knew you so well to go, hey, you can't quit. But <laughs> keep yeah. going, keep going. Said, I'm not story. letting you quit. He said, show me, tell me what your week looks like Monday to Monday. And I walked him through it and he goes, so, so where's, where's your margin? Where, like, when's your off day? And, and so he said, I want you to pick a day. I want you to find something that you love, go and do that thing. And he just starts walking me through this. Yeah. And so I just started taking kind of ownership back of my life. Yeah. Um, being intentional. My off day is Monday. Mm-hmm. And so Mondays, it's even as something as simple as sleeping in something as simple as going, I would go catch a 10 AM matinee movie. Yeah. Doing something that was my choice, my decision. So that was good for me practically. And then the other thing that I had to learn was to just get alone with God and, you know, food and drink is, is a portrait like the way that food and drink kind of restores our body and kind of, leaves you feeling happy even sometimes when you eat something really good like it's just a portrait of what jesus does to our soul yeah and so i had to learn to stop and slow down uh and that one decision right there learning how to rest and i listened to your podcast where Mm -hmm. you talked about sabbath and i just so appreciate it because it's something that wasn't taught well to me Mm -hmm. and it made all the difference and i think that if you're going to be in this thing for the long haul you're going to have to learn how to rest yeah um so yeah, that yeah. was one of the main things. Yeah. What about you, Heather? Yeah. I mean, I think Justin kind of hit on it when he, he said he talked with Pastor Wayne, but it's just like that level of transparency and honesty of mm-hmm. where you're at, what you're feeling. Um, I mean, honestly, in our first year of marriage, we went to counseling. I mean, we experienced stuff that, you know, you didn't think was going to happen yeah. and it just happens. Yeah. And, but we were honest and we were thankful that we had pastors in our life that you know shepherded us and helped us along that journey and we were open and honest and that was so important for us to be honest with our relationship but also to share that with our pastors Mm -hmm. and the people around us yeah because if you had kept it in then obviously other things could have happened well and that's the other thing is if we had spoken up sooner yeah. Maybe you don't get to the place of I quit. Maybe yeah. you don't get to the place of, wow, it's really bad. We need counseling. <laughs> yeah. If you can be transparent and and open and honest regularly, yeah, I think it just saves you from pitfalls later yeah. on down the road. And I think some, some of our listeners are students, and some people may not even understand like what it takes to plant a church. It's a second, it's like two jobs. It's like a second or third job, you know, on top of the one that you have. Like, so... When you're saying, hey, I'm full Monday to Monday, some people are like, I don't, 
understand yeah. what that means. My favorite question from people in our church is, so Pastor, what do you do on Sundays when you're not <laughs> preaching? What do you do on Sundays when you're not leading a meeting? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah. So even, yeah, so talk a little bit about that, man. Just like, what were you, when you were first planning, when y'all were first planning, like, what were you having to do? Like, what were kind of the um, day-to-day things? I mean, you're just trying to win souls, I'm assuming. So you're probably setting up tons of me. I mean, there's probably a lot of logistical things that you're having to work through. But what were some of the big key things that you felt like even planning a church right out the gate that y'all kind of focused on and, and that occupied a lot of your time? Well, we, Justin worked at a pet care center and we had a couple other people that worked there and it was just building relationships with them. And on our launch day, I want to say like eight, maybe 10 of them came to our Mm. launch service and like five of them like gave their lives to the Lord. Wow. Yeah. We still, some of them are like leaders in our church now. Oh, wow. And so Wayne and Christy have just instilled in us like to have a heart for the lost, to, to evangelize. And like, that's right in front of you. I mean, we, Mm -hmm. we didn't have a church office. We didn't get paid. We, we worked normal jobs at (laughs) the mall. Like, and that, like those people, what were the church for us? Like we invest, they still are. And that's who we invest in. Yeah. And you know, it takes a lot of energy to do that. So I, I started at Pet Care Center. I worked yeah. there for eight months, and immediately, you know, like after eight months, I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. I need to go find something different. I get a job where right out the gate, they they pay me 20 an hour, Yeah. and then three months in, I get a raise, 25. Eight months in, I get a raise, $40 an hour. So I'm starting to actually yes, make some money. Tithing, right? baby, yeah, here like, we go. Well, thanks, <laughs> but, but this job that I had, they 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 really like own you. So yeah. I'm putting in 72 hour work weeks. Wow. And so I'm barely seeing Heather. I'm, I'm, we're, we barely have a marriage <laughs> because, oh, because the, the church plan yeah. is like your baby. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're giving everything, you're giving everything that. you have yeah. to it. Yeah. And we are, and we're so young. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we were in school, so our evenings were given up to trying to, trying to do college. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to meet with uh, volunteers and team members because everybody on your team in ministry they have nine to five jobs, and yes. the only times they're available are evenings. evenings. So you're trying to do school, you're trying to do meetings, you're trying to build culture, you're trying to um, address issues and just. All the little things. All the little yes. things. Yes. And then during the day, you're working, and and then, you know, you're bringing some of that work home with you, and you're trying to find the balance between the urgent and the important. Yeah. The urgent being the church and souls, yeah. and you're trying to reach people. Yeah. And the important being, I have to, I have to pay off debt. I got to make money. <laughs> I, I have to do this. And, I have to make money. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that job actually almost led led me away from New Orleans. Wow. So I was I found a lot of success. Um, it was in the healthcare IT industry. Mm-hmm. And so they, they offered me more money and they said, but we're going to need you to move to North Carolina. Wow. And so my thought was I could be the church's sugar daddy. I could, I, <laughs> because here's the thing, man, at yeah. that season, I was the number one giver in our church. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. so I was like, now if I go and make, you know, even yeah, more money, money. Yeah. I can actually, you know, fund the yeah. ministry here. And so um, I get my tuberculosis shot, shot, get my flu shot, get my physical. I'm ready to go a week before I fly out. Heather sits me down. This is this is why it's important to get a good godly wife that's grounded. Yeah. Yeah. She said, "What are we doing?" And and more importantly, what are you doing? Because she was going to stay in New Orleans. Yeah. And, and I was going go to the, and go I was going to fly home like one. He was two like, days "I'll fly week. on the weekend so yeah. I can still be a part of the church." So just ignorance and well i don't think it's i yeah ignorance it's not you're not you weren't being dumb you were just well we it was just, we just come out of counseling yeah <laughs> so we've got our own stuff to address and i'm yeah. like i'll see you once a week <laughs> you know what i mean just ignorant so yeah i mean but uh, this, but in all seriousness though like you're just going and doing you're like dude i need to make money like i gotta provide like yeah. you're not you know it's not that your heart wasn't you didn't care about heather you didn't care about the church you were just Sometimes we don't ever just step away from God. It's not yeah. like, oh man, or that you were even stepping away from God. You don't step away from purpose and what God's called you to do. You drift away. Yeah. 
it's over time. It's small steps over time. So it wasn't well, and, like. And sometimes I think you're like, oh, this is from God. Like yeah, this is amazing yeah. opportunity. Yeah, and like the enemy can use that yep. to really blindsight you from what God has called yeah. you to. Yeah. So I joke saying that like, oh, I could be the church of sugar. Like it's like I say that jokingly, but when you, all you see, when it perceivingly, yeah. Yeah. all you see is need. Yeah. And then an opportunity comes yeah. along that will allow you to meet those needs. Yeah it's just going to make a lot of sense in the moment. Yeah. And so Heather says, what are you doing? God did not call us to North Carolina. He called us to New Orleans. Wow. And so the Lord just said, you're not the provider for, wow. for this church. That's I am. huge. And, and one of the struggles that I've ha had, and I think many people will have in church planning and in ministry is, God gave you gifts to use in the ministry, mm -hmm. and but when you find success using those gifts outside of the ministry, mm -hmm. it can be tempting. And mm -hmm. so one of my struggles was God kind of tapped me on the shoulder saying, what are you doing? And so, yeah, let's so, break yeah. That, we can break that down a little bit too, because I think, you know, yes, you can, the gifts that you have are there for equipping and, you know, mm -hmm. ministering to people. And yes, you can find success outside of ministry with the gifts that you have yes and sometimes that's not bad for a season and that's not wrong but i do think you're right. right in the sense of man god's going hey dude like this is what your focus this is what the eternal reward is the eternal mm -hmm. reward is people it's not going to be your bank account it's yeah. not going to be your yeah. houses it's not going to be your car yep. it's not going to be your shoe you know all that material all the material stuff the things that are seen and the unseen things are the things that are man hey we got to realign with this you know let's get back into real real time focus for yeah. sure but you can continue no I, I just think that's a lesson that it, for me i had to learn it over and over again or <laughs> so that wasn't the first time like <laughs> oh like I, okay. I, i'm just hard-headed and yeah. so i remember when we did our building campaign we were we made a pledge and after so after i'd said no to that job mm -hmm. so that job ends for three months, I couldn't find work, and oh, then gosh. I find then I find a job working as a barista in a coffee shop. Okay, so I'm making minimum wage and tips, right? So just very different, very different. <laughs> Dude, and seriously, if you're not like grounded in your identity in God, that can totally derail you. Mm -hmm. Like you can be like, man, I was successful. It's like literally like Paul. Like literally, if I'm thinking about it, you were literally, hey, I know riches and famine, and now. Like, I'm getting paid out now. I'm like, man, that takes a lot of humility, you know. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, I mean it, for, for three that three months of no work, sending yeah. out my resume, after coming from, they interviewed a 1,000 people, they hired 200. Wow. So, I, you know, you all these, like, stats and, you know, these memories that you, you think back that you can tell people that make you, you know, like, they make you seem like you had it. And then to go three months without finding work, nobody's responding to my resume. I was just like, Lord, I, I said no. Like, you know, yeah. I did the right thing. And like, yeah. it took me a couple couple months. But yeah. um, so I, I go and work as a barista. And how long did I work there for? A couple years. I, I became years. the manager of okay. that shop. And then that's when the church was like, you know, we want to bring you on as our first wow. staff member. Wow. So. Yeah, what about you, Heather? What was that like for you? I mean, the process of... Well, just Justin going through all that and, and figuring out that, that process. And then what were you doing during that season? Were you working as well um, at a different place? Or, you know, what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, I was working just retail. And I I just kind of was always like, okay, God, like, it's not about money. Like, us moving here, like, we were asked to basically wane said come and die <laughs> like that yeah. that was how yeah. like what a what a church plant pitch you yeah know, like hey guys you want to come join church come in come we and were die. like we do well it took me a while <laughs> can't say that we didn't warn you <laughs> yeah what it was gonna be like yeah but but uh, in all honesty we kind of owned that mantra or that mindset in the beginning and the idea of the mindset in the heart was if new orleans is going to see jesus living they're going to have to see me dying yeah and wow you just got to decrease and let Jesus in you increase. But, and I mean, I just think through that, through us working in, you know, outside of the church, it just opened my eyes to what church is and that's people and to meet people where they're at. And 
it's kind of fulfilling to actually be working side by side with people who don't know Jesus and you just get to be side by side living life with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if now that we're on staff, you know, you work with people who know Jesus, yeah. you know, it's yeah. completely different. And and I, so yeah. I always say the business world is the evangelistic arm of the church. Yeah. You know, if sure. you're a Christian man, you're not going to reach people working in a church, mm-hmm. the church, the church is the people. Pastors are there to help equip people to reach other people, you know, and, and minister as you are, you know, serving in a, and, and ministering to people. But yeah, the the business world, that's where you meet the lost, man. You, yeah. don't, you don't meet them working at church for sure. Well, and I yeah. think it's so good that ministry people, especially out of Bible college, if you've if you've gone to school and you've worked on getting an education surrounding, you know, theology, church yeah. leadership, whatever, it's so important that you get a job where you're just around people of all walks of life. Yeah. Um, because over time, what you'll realize is that it actually, you you discover the importance of constantly putting yourself around unbelievers. Yeah. I think one of the questions that, as Christians, that we can regularly ask ourselves are, who are my unbelieving friends in my life right yeah, now? Yeah, that's huge, man. Because when I was at OSL, it was, we, we lived on campus at yeah. SAGU. We would come to work at the church. We would come to school at the church. We'd come to church at the church. And then we'd go back to a Christian university. To, to <laughs> go live at the church, basically. Yeah, we were living I mean, church. Yeah. And if you're not careful, you just get in a Christian bubble. And yeah. you're, you could very quickly have no more unbelieving friends. And yeah. so we have a policy at our church right now that if you're on staff at our church, you have to have something in your life that puts you around unbelievers. Yeah, that's good. And so, but that, we can own that because for so long we were bivocational. And and the fun part is it gives you a pool to cast a reel in and go fishing for people. And we, we've seen people at at uh, Pet Care Center, Old Navy, at, at Oshner uh, Medical Center and our neighbors. PJs, our na- I mean, in all areas that now it's a conviction. And once you're aware, man, it's 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 actually not as hard to reach people. It's just it's just saying hello. It's just offering a little hope here and mm-hmm. there, a wave, a smile, um, meeting a need. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah. So uh, again, a lot of people don't know the context in terms of how long you guys did that. So how long did you? Uh, church plant bivocationally um, before you were brought on staff? Like, what, how many years was that? So, four years. Okay, so um, four years. And the church was only able to pay me a, a small sum. And so I had to make the rest of my money through recruiting and hosting missions teams that would oh, come yeah. into the city of New Orleans. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, that's one of those, if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. And so, um, even then, it's uh, it can be stressful. Because, you know, through no fault of your own, something happens with the leader leading the missions trip and they're not leading it anymore. And now you lose a team. Well, now you also lose income. So, you know, even when you do get there, it's it it never quite looks like you (laughs) wanted it to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're constantly your your flesh is having to die, man, for God to use you. And so I went like. Like I made more as a barista than I do than I do right now, but when God's called you to something and you yeah, love doing matter. that, you see Him provide in every yeah. other kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the very cool things is that when you've served and you've done something for free for so long, and then you get paid to do it, one of the things you realize is you're still you. Yeah. You're no more spiritual. You get no more satisfaction from yeah. it. Nothing's really different. And so if you allow God to work on you and yeah. work on your attitude, your heart, your motive, your perspective, yeah. then when the paycheck comes, you're just like, okay, now I can have more time to give. Yeah. It's not about receiving. It's not about compensation. And in, in, in a world where like school debt is real and, and paying for Y'all like, two like kids now. having babies is yeah. not cheap. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? When they say love yeah. don't cost a thing, I don't know who they were. It's costing me a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. The hospital bill yeah. just to have a kid, you know? Yeah. And I mean, um, I remember I basically, we were came on as like the kids pastors mm-hmm. is what we helped out with. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I kind of, my role switched and I 
told Wayne, I was like, I really want to be your assistant. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, and Wayne was like, we can't pay you right now. And I was just like, okay, you know, just kind of like figuring that out. And then I just came to him like a little bit later and I was like, I don't want to be paid. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to yeah. serve you. Yeah. And so I, that was like a couple years in of the plant, like where, you know, my position changed and then through me just serving and yeah. doing that, eventually when the church had money, they were like, yeah, we, we, you know, like, thank you for just yeah. Yeah. being there and available. And like, we, we can't offer you much. Like yeah. I, I still worked bivocationally, but yeah. you know, it was just being willing to say like, it's not worth the paycheck. It's just yeah. seeing the need and yeah. saying I'm available. Yeah. yeah. When I think that's true, it, I mean, God, if God's calling you to something it shouldn't matter whether there's money involved yeah. or not. I think a lot yeah. of times, especially in Bible college or even just in church, we're like, man, okay, well, if I can't pay my bills then that's not the right place for yep. me. And it's like, eh. I think the question that you have to ask regularly and often is what does God want? And it yeah. sounds so simple, yeah. but if you can just get alone, get quiet, say, God, what do you want? Yeah. He will speak. And, and I think one of the biggest lessons learned over time is that being a part of a church plan, being a part of ministry, sometimes it means putting down something that you love and picking up something that you hate for the benefit of the kingdom. Say that again, okay? Yeah. Because I don't think that needs to register for people is that because I think a lot of times we feel like if it's not something that I love, then yeah. it's not of God. Yeah. And I think that is a total lie of the enemy because mm -hmm. it does the heart of a servant in the heart of a son is I will do anything for my father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll do, e I'll do, even if it's the worst thing and I hate doing it, I'll do it every single day because it's my father whom I love yeah. and I know he loves me. So say that, say that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, ultimately I just think God doesn't owe me anything. Yeah. Like if all, if all he did was die for my sin on the cross, yeah. it, that's enough. And yeah. being a part of ministry, church planning, yeah. kingdom mindset, yeah. it sometimes means putting down something that you love and yeah. picking up something that you hate yeah. because the team needs it, because yeah. the church needs because it. Because we honor God our pastors. Because that's the need. Yeah. So I've called myself for years the Band-Aid pastor. Where are we bleeding? Yeah. So I've done every job in the church yeah. except for lead worship because you don't want we me to do no, that. We'll lose, <laughs> we'll lose members right. of your lead worship. So, but but in, in all honesty, though, there are, you know, I'll never forget when when pastor called me and said hey we want to do a, a a skype call skype was real big back in 2011 <laughs> a skype call we have a, an amazing opportunity just want to fill you in here's here's the heart and pride of a 19 year old dude he's going to ask me to be on the staff he's going to be like he's going to ask me to be his associate or something and and in this in this uh skype call we get on the phone or on the on the laptop and he says listen bro I've, I've, I can think of nobody better than you for this role. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> he's like, he's like, dude, you're going to kill this. I, I prayed about it. I feel like this is God. And, and I'm, I'm kind of pu getting puffed up. And he goes, we want you to be our kid's pastor. <laughs> and, and, and can I just say, I, if, if you are a kid's pastor out there, have that heart. I just so appreciate and value. Yes. You have no idea how important your yes. ministry is. I had to learn that because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, that didn't register when he yeah. asked me that. No, you were thinking high, high and mighty position instead of how can I serve my pastor? How yes, I, I wasn't that? thinking need. Yeah. And so um, I was thinking, how does this serve me? Yeah. And not how can I serve the church? Yeah. And so because I wanted to save face and not reveal, like not play my hand, I was like, you know, smiling through my teeth. I'm like, absolutely. We want to come and we want to, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, but I was a kids pastor for six years. Wow. And man, God bless kids pastors. They are, you know, I had to learn that that right there has helped me, I think more than, than anything else wow. was being in that role. And if you can say yes to a role that you don't initially want or, or desire to be in. Well, dude, when you were in college, you weren't thinking you were like, I'm no. going to be evangelist. I'm never going to. Well, and I was like, I'm going to be a missionary. Yeah. Like yeah. thinking you think you're going to be like yeah, across the yeah. country. Yeah. And, and I think ministry is just, it's way more than just a specific role. I think yeah. there's giftings for certain things for yep. sure. But 
Man. Yeah. Well, mm. there's also no such thing as an overnight success. I yeah. think there are names, people <laughs> yeah. that pop up on social yeah. media. Yeah. We get a glimpse and we're like, dude, they are awesome. awesome. Yeah. They just came out of nowhere. And it's like, really? Mm. They yeah. came out of nowhere? Yeah. No, God was doing something in them for the past 15, 20 years that yeah. nobody saw. And now we're just seeing the fruit of it. Yeah. And so uh, the older that I get, I'm, I'm only 29, but the older that I get, the more I think like I, I probably... It, it, won't do anything of real significance in the kingdom of God until I'm like at least in my 40s, maybe mm-hmm. 50s, because as you grow, you realize how much you don't know. <laughs> it's like the older I get, yeah. you just yeah. the more yeah. I realize. Well, it's funny. Is I got when more questions. When you're young, you think you know everything. Yeah. Like you're like, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. good to go. I got it figured out. Yeah. And then you, you know, learn something. You go, oh gosh, yeah, I don't know anything. Kids you know, ministry. and then you hit another thing and you go, oh, gosh, yeah, I don't know anything. Then you step into kids ministry and you go, oh, crap. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, because here's the thing. Here was the tension I had to wrestle with. I ha- I'm learning to to be an expert in something that I have no interest in myself. Wow. Like I would rather somebody else do this. And wow. you kind of look around the room going, anybody, anybody want to do this? Nope. Seriously, anybody. <laughs> and and you're the only one there with your hand raised saying, God, I'll be willing that you're, you know, so you wrestle with this tension and man, being a kid's pastor taught me how to pastor in, in, and it created whatever depth that I do have. Yeah. That's the reason why it's there. That's, and you know, there's people that can talk about stuff and their words carry weight and they have conviction Mm -hmm. because there's depth. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what being a kid's pastor for six years did for me in a lot of areas there's there's things that i would never have been able to have talked about had i not done that and so being a kid's pastor taught me how little that i knew Mm -hmm. i'll never forget a kid showed up and his mom didn't tell me that he was a diabetic and that he had a snack in his bag and so this kid passes out during the game of dodgeball his eyes are rolling in the back of his head i scoop him up and i'm running from one building because our building was separate from our kids area oh my god and i'm running and it's baptism sunday so everybody's outside (laughs) and i run and i grab his mom and she grabs food she puts it in his mouth and he starts to come too and i'm like just this no you this this idea of is this really what i'm responsible for like um there's some there's some real stuff that you gotta consider and i've learned to have a different eye and i learned to ask more detailed questions i learned to kind of go a layer deeper yeah because if i don't something can happen on my watch that i don't want you know and so i learned to you know i i think we use the word pastor a lot but i think i learned how to be a shepherd yeah for sure and that's how to shepherd god's sheep and so I got to know moms and dads. I got to, I, I really got, came to understand how beneficial and effective kids ministry is. Um, we had a kid that came to our church a couple times and we grabbed our leadership team and we said, we're gonna go watch this kid play a baseball game. Mm-hmm. We go to one of his games. The kid's ecstatic. We're cheering for him. Um, the next Sunday, his, his parents show up and they go, we weren't going to come today, but our kid woke us up out of bed, pushed us in the shower and said, get ready. We're going to church. Wow. And so I just, I just, man, if you can reach a kid, you're going to reach the family. Yeah. Like if the, the kid talks yeah. about it and I didn't realize how pivotal of a, of a role that position is. And so, and I, I came to grow in empathy mm-hmm. for people in ministry that don't feel appreciated and don't mm-hmm. feel seen that are yeah. oftentimes tucked away hidden man and hidden so, seasons bro and so for me when i meet a kid's pastor i sat with one today oh yeah and um you make them feel valued you just want to make them feel like yeah. a million bucks it's like dude you what you're doing right now is the most valuable thing yeah, yeah. nobody sometimes sees sometimes god just wants to create a caring heart in yeah you. dude there are so many people that I, in the past i would have said oh you're a kid's pastor man that's awesome that's great yeah. and then never taking any time mm-hmm. to go a step further but when i hear that i go okay that takes somebody that loves god that yeah. takes tell me about what you're doing what's and just to be honest man when you have found success in certain areas mm-hmm. it it can hinder your growth in other areas mm-hmm. and so god removing success from my life in some areas developed empathy in me where i didn't realize i lacked mm-hmm and that has made me a better leader, better pastor. And I wouldn't have that if 
if it hadn't been for those six years as a kid's pastor? Man, it, some lessons, and I, and I think, you know, the longer, like you said, that you live, when you're in college, you just don't realize that things, some things do take time to learn. Like, it, it's, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get it out of a book, even yeah. though that's okay, you know, reading books and all that stuff. I mean, we learn, we still do that, we still grow. But some things you have to do that you don't like that take a long time. Mm-hmm. But when you're through, you look more like Jesus. There's less of the old Justin and Jesus is there. And yeah. whenever you're walking around and meeting new people, it's like, man, I'm not who I am because of me. I am because I had to decrease me so that Jesus could be increased. Yeah. You know, like that's that's huge. Yeah. And then you don't realize how God uses that until later. So we didn't have a, a youth pastor and I had, I've never had any desire to be a youth pastor. I don't, I don't need to live off of Mountain Dew and pizza. And so it's just like never enticed me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm talking to my pastor about what's our greatest need right now as a church. And he said, we need a youth pastor. And we started naming off the, the, the students in our youth ministry. And as he started naming them off, they were all students that I taught in kids ministry. Wow. God knew the right heartstring to pull on yeah. to move me, to get me to step into another role wow. that I wasn't, it wouldn't have been my first choice. And so I've stepped into that. I've been the youth pastor there for the past two years or so, but, um, and I've loved it more so than I ever thought I would have, yeah. but I would not have said yes, yes if if that didn't happen. Well, okay, so let's even talk about that. Y'all's church has gone through a huge trend. I mean, it's amazing yeah. what God is was doing right now and and both of you guys y'all have you know two amazing kids they're cutest kids ever but also just like the church in general um and you guys coming on full-time heather are you still working with wayne from what i understand like what are you doing with him and what are you doing for the church and then justin you're the youth pastor correct yes yeah okay yeah so i still am wayne's assistant and then i just handle a lot of like administrative stuff um some finance stuff and then all of our events okay but yeah so walk us through y'all were a single location for walk us through the like the the kind of where y'all are at and um where y'all were at and then what's happened like in the last like i think it's been like three months if i'm not mistaken or six months or something like that where two months january 5th okay yeah so walk us through what's what's been going on well i mean living in new orleans it's just a whole different it is a different world of I mean, it's an island. We, yeah. we would start launch a church the same time around some of our friends did in Texas. And I mean, you see throughout the years, like they're growing, you know, <laughs> and then here we are in New Orleans and we're like, oh my gosh, like, God, where are you? In a yeah. sense of like, you know, like we are working our guts out. We are serving you and, you know, it's just crazy. I mean, God's still been faithful and we still have seen God move in powerful ways, but in terms of overall church growth, it was, it was not like blowing up or anything like that. Yeah. But in New Orleans, people do not drive 15 minutes, like to go to the other side of the town. Like they want to stay in their little city part and like, that's where they want to stay. And so we said, that we want to be a church of multiple locations and have 12 locations throughout the greater area of New Orleans. And so April of 2019, we launched our second location like 20 minutes away, just like by faith. And then in like July, but we didn't even know as a staff, like Pastor Wayne was like- We'd always joked like, what if we just partnered with that church? What if we just all became one team? Yeah, there we was love this, them, there was this one church, like literally when we moved there, Christy was like one day, like that's gonna be our church. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know how, like it's just it will. And you know, you don't ever really think about like what that is. But come to find out, like this church was just kind of slowly running out of money, like yeah. just so one day Wayne called Pastor Chris mm-hmm. and they were like joking about it. Like, dude, we, we our churches are five minutes from each other. We're yeah. both killing ourselves to reach this city. Why don't we just like, why don't we just merge? Yeah. Merge, yeah. And, and so that's what happened. That began a six month process of merging churches. Wow. And so, so when that happened, our second location was portable. And the location pastor, Daniel, was like, I'm, 
I'm praying, you know, that's going to happen to us one day. We're going to, that's how we'll yeah, get a building. Set it jokingly. Like, we'll, you know, like that's, we'll merge with another church and that's how we'll get our building. And so lo and behold, then, then God answers literally that. Literally two months before we merge, two months before we merge, we get a phone call from another pastor in the area that says, hey, we planted a church on the West Bank. And our campus pastor... 10 minutes from where the other mm -hmm. location was. Wow. And he said, our campus pastor's going to be a missionary. We don't have anybody from the inside that can replace him. And so we, we could hire somebody, but we really want to make sure that that church has, a, has a, a, a shepherd. And so he goes, what do you think about merging with our <laughs> church? <laughs> you would get our building. Wow. And, and literally two months before we merge we start getting things in order for the second merge to happen because any you know anytime we want to learn how to do something we do it twice yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't recommend mm -hmm. it yeah but january 5th we merged four churches into two wow and so and then we moved we we moved into their building and it's been a dream yeah since um because so, okay so y'all went from basically for nine years one location yeah, out of school out for of school. four years. For four years, mm -hmm. okay. Then you moved to just another site or another church building? No, we moved to another. We, we got our first building, mm -hmm. and so uh, we were there for five years, four, four years? Four or five years. Yeah, yeah. four or five years. So. How many How many were a part of the church at that time, just to kind of give people an idea of growth? I mean, growth it was like around happening. right under 200, like that okay. 200 number. Okay, yeah. and then then all of a sudden we doubled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And since since we merged, we haven't done any promotion because yeah. we're trying to get everything in order. Yeah. Easter will be the big yeah. push, and we continually just keep getting guests walking in our doors. Yeah, and like we don't even have signage. We don't buildings. even have signage. <laughs> and people, but yeah. we literally just doubled like overnight, literally. Yeah, yeah. and it was just like the, we felt like the Lord was like. I want to honor all your hard work. Yeah. <laughs> like I see you like, yeah. it's not going like, you know, like I'm proud of you guys. Yeah. And it was just, and we, one of our core values is diversity. And yeah. it was just literally like a missing piece to our diversity where we had older and it was more, more like yeah, people we, of color and people wow. of we, all ages. And we it, really gained all an status. entire generation. Wow. We didn't have any older seasoned experienced mature in the faith yeah believers wow above a certain age so literally overnight you go from one campus to two but you also merge churches which is a whole nother like you're gaining people from these different churches yeah saying yes we'll come in and be a part of y'all's church which doubles your growth yeah um and so now you have two, two churches two different locations 10 minutes away from one another is that right the no way they were oh, portable the, okay. like it just happened to be like our location one location was 10 minutes away from the one church gotcha. merch and the other church was 10 minutes so gotcha. it was like literally right there yeah and but you got two facilities two facilities mm -hmm. yeah for 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 free i mean i mean i mean essentially i uh, mean you're taking kinda. on what they kind of had right. but yeah. you didn't have to like go buy it straight out or get a huge loan for it you just absorb right. whatever they had in terms of payment all that kind Correct. of stuff yeah wow man that's so incredible and it's just so remarkable sometimes people think that success uh especially in the church i mean success is so many different levels there's discipleship there's deep growth there's wide growth you know with church and all that kind of stuff but to go hey uh you know we've been faithful for nine years and we we didn't really see too much external growth and then bam overnight it was like oh mm -hmm. here you go like yeah um, it literally felt like a dream it still kind of does like yeah it's crazy I, and then there's you know there's issues that experts say that with any church merge that you're going to come across and you're going to have to navigate and we have just had we, we just haven't had to deal with the the nonsense that you know, people said, hey, yeah. you know, you probably have to deal with this. Man, that's how you know it's God, dude. It's just been... Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I can also really just... The work that Pastor Wayne and Christy and Chris have put into it, they mm -hmm. literally met weekly. We had, like, um, what did we call them? Communication or some kind of... We, like, had nights that we met 
up with the other church to connect mm-hmm. with them, to get to know them, to keep mm-hmm. them in the loop. Yeah. So it wasn't just like this, like, hey, we're here taking over. It was just like, this is from the Lord and let's do it the right way. Wow. So. Yeah. So when you look at like, they say like when you merge, you lose people. And then when we merged and we didn't really lose people, we were like, wow, this really feels like God. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's so cool. Okay. Man, it's it's been great just getting to hang out with you guys at CMN and just catching up. I mean, like I love you guys so much. Y'all mean so much to me and we love you. me and, uh, me and, and Alex. Alex. I mean, we're just we've been cheering you. I've been cheering you on for a f- yeah. It didn't seem like it was in nine years, but I yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm your biggest fans, and I love I love you guys so so much. Yeah. Um. But uh, it's fun we, to pick back up where we left off. Yeah, it really does feel like we didn't it really does. miss a beat whenever um, we've been hanging out and stuff. But if there's one thing that you would give to our listeners, maybe a piece of advice in terms of church planning. If they're still listening. Yeah, I'm, no, they are. They are, <laughs> absolutely. Man, I think I just, I just sat in a breakout session with uh, Pastor Joey, and he talked about unity and alignment. And it was just so fun getting to hear him talk about something that, you you have to fight to learn but it's so worth the fight to learn how to move forward with alignment and with unity and when we first started there was so much that god had to do in me that uh, there was i had to learn how to honor and honor doesn't begin until agreement has ended until i can disagree with you and still or submission doesn't begin until agreement has ended and I, I just remember there were times where we sat in a meeting with one of our pre-launch services and I was the kids pastor and there were other leaders in my department that were trying to call the shots. And, and so we're in our debrief meeting and we're sitting down and, and I, I'm like, you know what, we got too many chiefs trying to take control and, and yada, yada. And so we, the team talks about that for a little bit and we're whatever. And I kind of like zoned out or something. I, I can't, I don't know. But then when I come back to it, we're still talking about issues and I bring it up again. And I was like, you know what? There's too many people trying to lead. And, and I remember Pastor Wayne looked at me and said, dude, you're still on that? Dude, I missed it. I completely missed it. But I learned something that um, Pastor Wayne kept honoring me. He kept giving me a seat at the table. And when you honor somebody, you create room in them to, to have multiplied the thing that you're honoring in them. And he kept honoring me when I didn't deserve it. And it's one of the things that I think is, it's like in his DNA that I think I try to model now. Mm-hmm. And that is is to to just, whether you're, because in ministry, so many people come and go. Yeah. And you're going to have to honor people on their way out, honor people on their way in, honor people in the in-between. And, and in honoring, you're fighting for that unity and alignment. It A lot of that is just not gossiping not listening to gossip yeah because the problem with gossip is you start to believe it or you or the way that it was shared it didn't happen exactly that way or this the tone of it wasn't true um and it it just can ruin relationships and so over the years man that's that's a muscle that i've had to build but i think it's just so worth building because it's i think it's helped me last yeah so for sure what about you heather I would say, I mean, I feel like if you're in Bible college right now listening to this message, you're going to probably be a top-notch school. Mm-hmm. You're with the best leaders mm-hmm. yeah. and in the church. But if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus outside of that, where you're praying at home, you're reading your Bible, you're like when you leave college that's gonna go away and you think you think it's just gonna magically stay and it doesn't and so like I can't express like you just can't do it without Jesus Mm -hmm. like you need to be reading the Bible you need to be praying Mm -hmm. you need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and you need to do it in private Mm -hmm. and not share like I mean You don't need to post on your story on Instagram <laughs> that you read. A bo- you know, like, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, we can just, com- like, in the comparison, like, yeah. you can just get on your phone and think someone is doing so well, but you don't even know. Yeah. You know, you really yeah, don't know. Good. And so if you just cling to Jesus, like, he's the only thing that will pull you through mm-hmm. every situation. And just be honest 
with others to your spouse like it's okay if you're in a hard season like be honest about it like Mm -hmm. through that god works in our weaknesses and you know what you've learned in that season is so powerful and so if i like just cling to jesus like be with (laughs) him because at the end of the day like that's all that matters Mm -hmm. like it really is he's gonna give you a love for people he's gonna give you a love for his word like yeah let the holy spirit lead you yeah hey well i appreciate you guys taking time from cmn conference and and hanging out and talking with me about all your life and and struggles and and being a part of it but you guys are models model examples for us and model examples for me in, in terms of faith you know when you look at the hall of faith like you guys are in that hall of faith where you see people that do things that people think are crazy but and you go man this is crazy but it's like no they have faith and they have jesus and that's all that they need and god's going to get them through and it may not be pretty but god's going to get them through he's going to do miraculous things he's going to multiply their influence he's going to multiply the seed that's within them and jesus is going to be manifested in a city where nobody is thinking that it can be reached but i'm believing you guys are going to take over that city and yeah and it's going to be powerful and amazing and so um look forward to other conversations we have with you guys and having you guys back on uh whenever you're in town all right been a privilege bro thank you for having us all right bye guys